0: Ladies and gentlemen, your wait is over from the beautiful Garden City of Orangeburg, South Carolina. I love my HBCU. Please welcome the fame, South Carolina State University. Hello, yeah. my HBCU. Hello, my HBCU ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening thank you for downloading and thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 kyle podcast i am your boy 12 kyle and on this episode we're gonna I'm going to introduce to you a new segment that we're going to use this year on the 12 Kyle podcast. As many of you know, maybe you don't know, uh, I am a proud alum of uh, South Carolina State University. It's a historically black college and university located in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Uh, if you've been following this podcast, you should know that by now. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, I'm a big proponent of HBCUs, and I've done it several episodes on HBCUs. But this year, what I wanted to do is each month give you an interview of an HBCU alum, someone who had not been on the podcast before, and just to talk about their overall experiences uh, as far as why they chose their university, so forth and so on. And uh, to get it started, I I, I couldn't go anywhere else but to come to uh, a guy that I've known probably, man, it's been almost, at least 25 plus years. uh, We met on the campus of South Carolina State University.
1: it's, It's over 30, sir. (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey i can't count i can't count <laughs> so uh nonetheless uh my my guest on this episode is um like i said he's a south carolina state alum uh one of the sharpest cats that i know uh he's a businessman he's a hustler uh welcoming to the 12 kyle podcast for the first time my man steve is in the building steve what's good man
1: man thank you for having me man what's good brother how are you man
0: Hey, I'm good. Can't complain. I can't, you know, I, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's time. So, uh, I, we, we've been trying to make this happen, man. So I'm glad I, glad right. to get you on, man. Uh, the title of this episode and title of each episode will be blank chose blank university. So the title of this episode is Steve chose South Carolina state university. Now, again, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned we we've known each other 30 plus years. So I think yeah. I know the re- the answer to this next question, but I'm gonna ask you anyway. Yeah. Steve, why did you choose South Carolina State University?
1: Uh it's family tradition. Um, it's a family school. Um, I'm a second generation bulldog. Uh my parents uh attended South Carolina State. My mother entered South Carolina State in nineteen sixty one. She graduated in nineteen sixty-five. My father, um, who is in the same high school class as my mother, but he went to the military first. And so mm-hmm. he enrolled in South Carolina State, I think, in 1965. And then and he's a 1970 graduate. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, uh, as it was, um, my parents, uh, who are from Spartanburg, South Carolina, and that's, you know, consequently where I'm from. They met, they reconnected at South Carolina State. They uh, knew each other's children, had known each other since kindergarten, but wow. did not really know one another until uh, they uh, reconnected and dated at South Carolina State. And um, <clears throat> both of their best friends were enrolled at South Carolina State and were dating at the time. Uh, my father's best friend, um, uh, asked him to go on a blind date um with his girlfriend's best friend, who you know subsequently was my mother and so the rest as they say is history so uh South Carolina state I guess essentially chose me, and um you know and I've been <laughs> grateful for that selection ever since.
0: I I figured as much but I had to ask cuz that's going to be the the recurring question that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Um I sure. know you said it's a family school was there any doubt that that you were not going to go to as a high school senior <laughs> that you weren't going to end up in South Carolina State? The there
1: there, there, were, there was some
0: doubt.
1: And this was, mm-hmm. you know, simply because of the uh simply because of the flights of fancy and desires of you know teenage boys um mm-hmm. we moved from Spartanburg South Carolina to Statesville North Carolina in 1979 1980 <clears throat> and so i went to elementary and and high school in Spartanburg and so you know that kind of put us in that geographical uh uh <laughs> proximity of the North Carolina HBCUs. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, just as, you know, with anything, you, you know, the closer you are, you, you know, you start to develop some interest to the institutions that are close, but one particular institution um, uh, caught my attention because not because of its academics, (laughs) but because of (laughs) uh, the extracurricular activities uh, that, Well, that's a part of it. (laughs) Uh, My senior year in college, Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine who went to another high school, went to North Iowa High School, my friend Todd Summers. Um, My senior year, Todd and I went to Aggie Fest. I actually skipped my senior prom to go to Aggie Fest. Um, I convinced Todd to talk to his counselor, and I told him I'd talk to mine. We get the college days off. We leave high school. We leave, you know, we we leave Statesville on Wednesday after school, (laughs) and so we left Mm. three (laughs) o'clock, three o'clock, three twenty from Statesville, burning the road up on I-40, headed to Greensboro. And so some of our friends had graduated a year earlier, and they were freshmen at A&T, North Carolina A&T State University, a and mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we went up there for, you know, two and a half days, three and a half days almost, what it seemed like. And I had the time of my life. I'm telling you, I party like a rock star from 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 buzzer to buzzer. So, right, right, right. And so I came home, and this is you know, all my life I had you know said I was going to South Carolina State. It wasn't even a consideration that I would be attending any other university but South Carolina State. Mind you, my brother was already a freshman mm-hmm. at South Carolina State. I'd been down to homecoming. Mm-hmm. And you know, experienced all of what it had to offer. But that Aggie Fest in the in the late eighties was something was something special, <laughs> and I will give it to them. <laughs> it was special, and so, uh, so I came home and I said, "Mom and Dad, I'm, I'm going to Ant. <laughs> I'm going to Ant. They got me." <laughs> My dad said. You can go to A&T as long as they accept this check that I'm writing to South Carolina State. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that was it. You know, I I I needed (laughs) that was so I need I needed time to break my fever. And so once my fever Mm -hmm. broke, um I said, okay, you know, I'm going down to South Carolina State. And I had a great time and I do not regret my decision at all. And so but but there was probably two weeks time that I thought that I might go Mm -hmm. somewhere else but um, other than that the previous 17 years I had said that I was going to go to South Carolina State (laughs) and then the time after that two week span I went (laughs) I (laughs) would have made my decision and went on down but the the great thing that came out of that though the great thing Mm -hmm. one last point the great thing that came out of that my friend Todd was not going to go to college he it was not even on his radar he was going we we both had a a part-time job at harris teeter bagging groceries and in his mind he was going to go and be the produce manager or something like that or go work at his dad's body shop or something and it was not in his it was not even on his radar to go to college I'm telling him, let's go up here and have a good time. And the whole time I'm talking mm-hmm. to him, I'm like, look, there's, I don't know why you wouldn't want to go to college. The, the, the most fun mm-hmm. that I think that a man could possibly have is in college and at a black at that. If you're a black man, there's no more fun than you could have than at a black college. And so I talked to him the whole time and he got that whole experience. And though I didn't go to A&T, he did. He's an engineer today. He's running a plant, and um, he's a plant manager in in, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, doing very well. But he would not have gone to college were it not for that trip. So the trip was for him; it wasn't for me. That's 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 what it ended up being. Gotcha.
0: gotcha. Yeah. Well, that that's good. I mean, it 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 worked out in your favor, and I think that's that's always an important question. Like I said, it's it's a question that I'm going to constantly ask people when they come on because. You know, you and I are friends and I, I mean, I just assume that, you know, because your parents and, and by the way, Steve's got the coolest parents. I mean, my wife and I, we always say, like, when we get of when we get a senior citizen status, like Steve's parents, we want to be that cool because they, the, they are the coolest people you want to be around. um, And they still kick it like they're in their 20s. Um, And I think Thanks, that's Zana. the thing, like, you know, <laughs> no problem. And I mean, like they, you know, very. Very much so I could see why, you know, the, because the family was there and everything like that. And like you said, your brother Will was already there. Um, so why, why you chose South Carolina State. But it's always interesting because like we have friends that are probably gone and I didn't know. Because it's something that you don't know until you ask. I just found right. out honestly three days ago that my wife, who I met at South Carolina State, I didn't know that she never visited South Carolina State at, when she was in high school. Never, never set foot the on the campus. Up. When she when she set foot on the campus was the day that she arrived, and I thought that was weird because most people at least go to the school to at least check it out. Right, she had never been. Um, And in my case, South Carolina State, while it was on my radar, uh, it was probably fourth on the list. And you know, I I mean, I mentioned it before, and it's worth repeating. Like I got into South Carolina State in Hampton the same day, and I had to make a Hmm. choice. It was either Hampton or South Carolina State, and Fortunately for me, Hampton was going on probation. So that kind of killed the idea of me playing football at Hampton. So I was like, all right, I'll have to go to South Carolina State. And again, like you said, it was the best decision that I made in my life. I, I wouldn't, I don't know where I would be had I not chosen that particular school. Um, in your yes. time at South Carolina State, what do you think are some of the biggest lessons that you learned being on that campus, absorbing everything that you did, you know, at the university?
1: Um. I would say the biggest thing was uh, learning how to deal with people and learning how to deal with different personalities and uh, development of communication skills, development of networking skills, um, and just understanding how to navigate uh, different social circles. Um, That was the biggest thing. I wasn't the best student, Um, not because I couldn't do the work. Obviously, I think that, you know, like, like Mr. Oniocha told me uh, when he, when they gave me a distinguished <laughs> alumni award for the business department, um, like 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 well, like I reminded him when he, when they gave me the award, I reminded him that he told me that I was one of the most talented students in the department. But I like to party all the time, and, <laughs> and so, <laughs> and, so uh, and so you know I had a great you know great time. Um, Socially, and I think so some of my greatest lessons came, you know, from what I learned, you know, kind of a polishing school, if you will, um, in terms of, you know, understanding how to to uh, present myself and to Mm. and to deal with people.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Um, I'm assuming because Will, your older brother, was already there. uh, Did he lean on you as far as the decision making process for you to go to south cuz you go and then your sister Renee comes behind right. you so all three of you are in Orangeburg at the same time did did Will kind of was? when did you? Karen
1: got there when Renee got there okay. Will had graduated so it was just it, it was just Karen and I but um no he didn't um but that was the expectation I mean you know um his friends were my friends cuz you know it was a different time you know than you know mm-hmm. in the late 80s um, you know we were you know kind of trusted to do things a little differently, and so I went to South Carolina State from Statesville regularly. I drove down there I think it was like two a two and a half hour drive, and so I drove down there regularly to to hang out with you know him and his friends and so by the time I got there, you know I knew you know, upperclassmen. I didn't know the freshmen, mm-hmm. but I knew mm-hmm. the upperclassmen, you know, I'd been, you know, telling women for about two years that, you know, I was my brother's twin. <laughs> right, <laughs> and, right? And and that I went to, and I told them I went to A&T. <laughs> and oh, <wow>. so, <laughs> I was telling, Man, I was list. telling women, um, for, uh, for about two years that I was my brother's twin. And, um, And then when I finally got there, I told him I transferred, you know, (laughs) so.
0: (laughs) Just lies across the board. (laughs) It was a wonderful time to be alive. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You know what's interesting, though, and I want to go back to something you said. You saying that you weren't a good student. I find that mind boggling because, and I'll be honest, Steve is one of my Probably one of the sharpest friends that I have. I ain't. Gonna, I mean, and I'm not just saying that because he's here. I've told him that before. I mean, like razor sharp. He there's always some someone that has to have levity in the crew, and and Steve is he he is the he is the one for us. And so it it is kind of interesting to hear you say that. What so? What kind of student were you prior to getting to South Carolina State, and then once you got there, what kind of student were you? <clears throat>
1: um. I was still an average student, you know, um, because high school didn't challenge me. And so, you know, A's and B's were, you know, relatively easy. And, you know, I think, you know, my mind was just focused on more, you know, social things. And so, you know, I didn't really take it as seriously. And so college, I thought academically was easier than high school. And with all of the social stimulus <laughs> in the environment, you know, I just didn't take the academic, you know, part of it seriously, as seriously then either. Um, I still was decent, you know, but you know, had I focused, you know, I probably, you know, would have graduated with high honors. Um, but you know, I that just wasn't my focus. I was more of a social person, and you know, that's just what I did.
0: That that is that is interesting to hear because I I could I would have sworn up and down you were like magna cum laude coming out of high school and then going to South Carolina State with with honors that's funny could've to been. hear
1: could 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 have been <laughs> um, it, just it wasn't, wasn't you know that wasn't my focus I mean I think I've always um, you know you have different classrooms um, mm-hmm. and some people are more you know academically inclined than others. Um, and people, some people learn different ways. Um, I've always learned and I've always been curious. And so I've always, um, read books or, you know, whatever, and or paid attention. Um, and whatever I gave my full attention to, you know, I obviously would absorb it and do well at it. Um, and so I, I'd never, you know, say, you know, if I, You know, if I'm not a magna cum laude a summa cum laude, then I can't do whatever. That just wasn't my focus. I I always knew I wanted to be in business, which I am now, and um, and so I knew when the time come, I, you know, do whatever I needed to do. Um, But you know, if I had to do over, I would, you know, probably been a better a better student and taking taking more advantage of the opportunities that were there. There there were a lot of opportunities there that I had no awareness of. And it's just because I just wasn't focused on it. I was, you know, focused on the social things. (laughs) Um, but there were, Mm -hmm. there was, there was ample opportunity, um, that, you know, I could have taken advantage of and, and benefited from it greatly.
0: You mentioned, um, as far as like, uh, classes and everything, what was the most difficult class that you took at South Carolina State?
1: Uh, cost accounting. I um, really? I was an accounting major. I have an accounting degree. And so it was cost accounting for us. For other business majors, it was called managerial accounting. Um, <clears throat> but for us, it was cost accounting. And it was difficult because the instructor did not follow the same template as the rest of the instructors. There was no scantrons and those kind of things. It was all theoretical and and work problems and all kinds of things. And so we really had to do accounting. I I, you know, knew accounting by that time. I took accounting in high school and, you know, and then you know, the first two parts of accounting, um, the first two years in the in the major was really just a repetition of what I'd done in high school. So it wasn't, you know, wasn't much. <clears throat> and so um, but Costa county really challenged us to really understand the principles and understand how to apply them and then to really understand uh what enterprise looks like and then how all of the accounting principle principles apply to various circumstances situations and so first time I took it, I had to drop it because I was you know mm. I wasn't Ooh. serious i partying <laughs> and um you know I cruised through every other class and so you know I kind of went in there with the same attitude and uh and the first exam and I remember it's Dr. Eastergard, on um, the Ooh. first exam you know I'm sitting there and I'm looking at that exam and I'm just you know probably for like 10 minutes I'm looking at it, I didn't write anything down. I'm just staring at it Damn. and and I'm just like oh shit You know, I I really don't know anything. I've never been in anything where I didn't know anything.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And um, Dr. Eastergard comes by my desk and he kneels down beside me and looks at me and says, "Uh, Hey, guy. Uh, See you haven't written anything down there. Um, You know, we... We dropped the last two, the lowest two grades. We dropped the lowest two grades. Why don't you call it a day? Why don't you call it a day? <laughs> he knew I didn't have it. Hey, right, right. <laughs> he saw it all over my face.
0: Hey, it was written all over your face. It was
1: written all over my face. He's like
0: wow.
1: wow. he saw that he saw that DWI on my face. Don't want it, coach. Don't want, want it. it. Oh, morning And he man, and man. so he said, you know, going to get out of there. And so man, I had to drop that class cuz I I was so far behind. I didn't know what was going on. <clears throat> and this class was historic. I mean it was it was notoriously difficult. Like, you know, the highest mm. grade that anyone would get was like a B. And um the next semester, I went in and, you know, had my mind right and I think I got the highest grade in the class and um you know, I was, you know, helping you know, my classmates out with uh, their assignments. So, you know, I would do my homework and then come to the business library in Belcher and and, <laughs> and dictate the homework to everybody
0: else. Yes, so, yes, yes. So, yes. But, but cost <laughs> accounting necessary. hands
1: down was the, the most difficult, but it was the most beneficial because that's when I really learned accounting.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, you you man, get me in an accounting class, and it's it's a wrap. I didn't understand it. I had to take it because I was a marketing major, but man, I struggled. And people would say, "Oh man, your girlfriend's an accountant. I was like, "She know what I don't." <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling bad. Um, conversely, man, what what was the easiest class that you took?
1: Easiest, man. I don't know. Probably freshman seminar or something like that, or (laughs) those professional development classes. Professional development, and then we really had PE back then too. Mm You know, I don't know if they have. Okay, wow.
0: Probably not. Mm -hmm. Probably not because the curriculum has changed. Probably not. Yeah, Um, yeah. But that's interesting. I, I, I say all the time, man. Professional development, I think, is the was the most important class that I took at South Carolina State. Mm-hmm. It really got me ready for business, and I didn't think I'd be in business. But it's, especially considering that I failed financial management, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, but I I got you know I got right I, when I, and I failed financial management because I just I didn't understand it. I didn't come to class. So I mean was, that's the recipe right. for disaster in and of itself. Um, but I you know persevered through that and and made made it happen. Coming out of the School of Business in Belcher Hall, which there's going to be a podcast about that coming soon. Um, yeah. you mentioned. You mentioned social events and you mentioned parties. <laughs> you, you got it in when we were in school. I did. Um, I did. <laughs> we, we And I'm sure you heard the same thing that I heard as coming out of high school, that South Carolina State was a party school. Did yeah. you think you partied too much or, definitely or do you think you partied, partied enough?
1: There's okay. no question I partied too much. There's no question. That I party too much. Um, I don't regret one second of it, but there is no question. <laughs> there is no question. But you know, there was also, um, you know, a, a, a lot of lessons came along with that. Um, mm-hmm. Because when I first got there, um, you know, to to make my ends meet, so I have to, you know, so you know, stop calling home. You know, we started promoting parties. And so we were having mm-hmm. parties down at Foxy 44 and doing some other 44. things. And, and so, you know, uh, I used it as enterprises, you know, made, made a little money. Um, but you know, just what I learned from people in the process is, you know, invaluable. I mean, I've made relationships that, you know, I, I, you know, just would not be the same without. And so, um, you know, I just am grateful for, for the entire experience.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Um, you mentioned parties and 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 having fun. And I think at least I know part of that party scene was your involvement with your fraternity, um, oh, yeah. Omega Psi Phi <laughs> Fraternity Incorporated. Um, what was the biggest lesson that you learned from the process in becoming an Omega man at South Carolina State University?
1: Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. <clears throat> um through initiation, the, the biggest thing that they that that every Greek letter organization is trying to impart or uh, trying to instill in its members is um a, a feeling of uh, fostering a feeling of brotherhood and camaraderie. Um and so the process of doing that is applicable across many different facets of life. Um, It's just, it's the same thing in sports. You bring, you know, these, you know, seemingly strangers together and put them in Mm -hmm. circumstances that are uh, foreign to them. um, And those circumstances end up forcing them to get to know one another, and through the process, you develop a relationship, a a a friendship <clears throat> that, um, you know, lasts a lifetime in many cases. Um, and so you you learn family dynamics, you learn politics, you learn um, other social dynamics. You 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 learn to be humble. Um, you learn to um also advocate and stick up for yourself um mm-hmm. and you learn you know where you you get to exercise these things these are things that these are principles that you you come in the door with um but you're given a platform to exercise them and to hone them and to learn some things about yourself that maybe you didn't know but it was always there um and so you develop these bonds and these friendships um that last a lifetime and 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 you can rely on them for many you know different things whether it's you know just good old common you know friendship and and and, and camaraderie or whether it's a professional network or whether it's a, um uh just just a friend group network just you know, so, so I got so much out of that <clears throat> and um and you know, obviously still paying dividends today for for me uh some thirty two years later um still one of the best decisions I ever made was to uh become a member of omega sci fi
0: true indeed, true indeed um south carolina state it's it's home for us yeah. it is a place where again, where we met. Uh, where I met my wife, where I met my boy Mo, who introduced us, um, so many lifelong friends, family, I mean friends that have become family. I mean, well, let's just keep it sure. real. Uh and and like I can say that best decision I ever made in my life. Uh South Carolina State through the years, uh has seen, you know, some very tough times financially, uh, mm-hmm. from a PR perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. also it's also seen itself rise up from the ashes as well. Mm-hmm. Um you work closely with university. Uh, what do you, what do you think about the direction that South Carolina state is in right now and where we're headed?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Great question. Um, South Carolina state is on a trajectory, um, up, um, you know, we are, uh, rising from the, from the ashes. Um, as, as many know, um, uh, 2015, um, You know, we had an existential crisis um, where our accreditation um, was uh, uh, nearly lost. Um, Governance and leadership uh, was replaced um, uh, by the state. And, um, you know, you know, there are consequences that come, you know, with those actions, you know, once it happens. And so. It, it, it put the university uh, on a downward trajectory for uh, some years following that, and um, we experienced some challenges uh, with leadership, um, with some instability in leadership um, um, uh, following that. Probably, you know, three to <clears throat> three to five years, and so we started rounding things into into shape. Um, and then we, you know, we kind of caught a break. Um, the current president we had, um, you know, he, he was brought in by the previous president. He wasn't brought in to be the president, but he ended up right. being the president that we needed. And so, you know, it, it, we, we finally caught a break. And so, um, with uh, his leadership and improved leadership, uh, from our board of trustees, um, things are moving in the right direction. There is still a lot of work uh, yet to do, but the enthusiasm um, around South Carolina state, the yes, yes. Uh, positive energy around South Carolina state, you know, hasn't been high uh, uh, like this for some time. Um You know, it feels like we're going back into another heyday, you know, um, you know, our our golden years, you know, from um, from the time of uh, Dr. Maceo Nance to Albert Smith, um, um, then then all the way up to Dr. Andrew Huggini. Um, You know, it feels like we're, you know, going back. To those times, and so you know we've got to learn those lessons, um, and we also have to innovate and move even beyond, um, you know what was considered our heyday. Um, our competitors, um, you know, are, are, are advancing at a fast rate, and uh, we need to begin to close the gap. And so the first thing you have to do to get out of a hole is you have to stop digging. And so we've done that. And so um, now um, that uh, we're nearing, um, now that we are elevating out of the hole, um, we are attracting, um, we are attracting opportunities to the university um, that we've never had. And so Um, It's a new age, you know, for for HBCUs in general with with all of the uh, uh, national politics, you know, around social justice, around affirmative action, around diversity and inclusion. Um, All of those things have put a brighter spotlight on HBCUs, and so we are, you know, positioning ourselves to continue to benefit from that. And so um as we do that <clears throat> um you know you will see um some things happen in, in Orangeburg that 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 hadn't happened in a long time and and some things that that have never happened. And so no and, and those will be good things um when it does and so um I'm I'm very excited about the direction of South Carolina state um we do have a lot of work to do, as does everyone else. Um, but, you know, I'm just yeah. glad that we have the leadership that we have at the moment. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's incumbent upon all of us to do all that we can to support them.
0: No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And um, <laughs> you definitely got my support. Uh, the the university has meant so much and still means so much. And it feels like home every time I step on that campus. And you know we've both made a decision most recent I to you know to do more financially to contribute in whatever ways that we can to mm-hmm. the university. Um, two more questions before we get out of here. Um, there's been and I know we talked about this privately. There's been <clears> a, a, a huge story about uh, how much HBCUs have been underfunded, uh, and I think on mm-hmm. record there's some there's some estimation that the state of South Carolina. And the federal government has underfunded South Carolina Mm -hmm. state by at least an estimated five hundred million dollars. And I know in some other HBCUs, they're always have already, you know, pushed for litigation. Uh, Mm -hmm. Where do you see that? Where do you see that going? And I know it's a a broad question, but where do you see that going Mm -hmm. as far as South Carolina state? Uh, We know that the state and the federal government actually owe us. You know, whether or not we'll be able able to receive a penny, we we shall see. Where do you see that going in the future?
1: Well, a small correction the federal government does not owe South Carolina State. It is the state of South Carolina.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Um,
1: The state of South Carolina has, excuse me, I'm sorry, Um, the Moral Act, excuse me, Mm -hmm. the Moral Act is what established. Um, land-grant colleges and universities. And so, as a part of that, um, states that um, accepted um, land-grant universities have an obligation to match the funding that is provided to those land-grant universities um, from the federal government. And for many, many, many years, southern states were not matching the funds uh from the federal government and withholding those funds illegally and so that's how these balances um have have accrued and accumulated over the years um where it's going with south carolina state it's hard to know there is active organization now around um You know, potentially some lawsuits um, coming from some alums, uh, coming from some um, third party alumni organizations or third party alumni um, uh, claimants. Um, And so those things take a long time, um, require a lot of money um, to to litigate these kinds of cases. And you also need to have, uh, you know, some political infrastructure to, you know, work the, uh, to work the, 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 the mechanics of the political machine. Um, so it's hard to know. Um, I know that there's work to be done by all all, HBCU alumni groups, in terms of organizing their the and consolidating their political power, to leverage it for this kind of advocacy, which is the most appropriate kind of advocacy that an alumni group can do, rather than focusing on, you know, who's the football coach and who's the band director. Alumni should be organizing and ensuring that there is appropriate uh, leadership at the governance level. Make sure you have a strong board of trustees. Make sure that your board of trustees has a adequate vision and, and plan uh, for your institution. And then you hold, if you're a state institution, you have to organize to hold um. Uh, federal state and local government accountable um, for its responsibilities to your institution and so this among many other things um, you know are things that alumni should be organizing around um, to to put pressure on government um, on government entities um, to 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 make these decisions um, I had a conversation a little bit earlier with another alum um, and, and, and and talk talked about um, you know we just recently had legislative day uh, for South Carolina State mm-hmm. which was yesterday um, in the state capitol and so we had a big showing from um, alumni from students um, from uh, uh, faculty um, you know staff you know we there, there was a huge showing we took a big contingent of people to uh, make the presence felt um, at the state level um, to advocate for our most recent budget appropriation request. We requested $402 million um, from the state, um, which is inclusive of our general operating budget and then some capital um, investment funds um, for uh, uh, for the institution. Um, you know, we know we're not going to get $402 million, um, <laughs> but, you know, you, you have to right? ask not right. And so exactly. we asked for about $250 million last year. They gave us a a new um, a, 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 a new liberal arts building, a, a arts and humanities building, Turner Hall. So they so we're going to get a new new Turner Hall. Uh, we asked for four hundred million this year, they're gonna give us a new library. So, you know, that's kind of the way it goes. Um and so we have to leverage our political power. Um yes. as an alumni base, as a HBCU group, um, across the landscape, across the country. We have to leverage our political power, which we have not done an effective job of, um, to hold these uh these government, uh, uh, entities, uh, to, to task, um, to do the things that they should have done, uh, four years ago. So, um, as we do these things and we'll see, you know, a different political landscape, uh, for my, for, for my taste, um, the, the local, uh, cities and counties aren't doing enough, uh, to support HBCUs, um, in South Carolina States instance, um, uh, uh, for 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 in our example, or in our case, um, the the city of Orangeburg. Hold on one second. This, I'm in my office and they're clean. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but in our case, um, the city of Orangeburg is not investing in South Carolina State to the level that I think they should be. You know, to ensure that. Um, South Carolina State, which is, if not the largest employer, has got to be the second largest employer. But then, when you combine South Carolina State and Claflin together, they have to be collectively the largest employers. And so, if you're, <clears throat> if you're the mayor of Orangeburg, South Carolina, if you're on the county council, if you're on the city council, if you're trying to grow your population, if you're trying to create prosperity for your population, then you need South Carolina State and Claflin University to grow. <clears throat>
0: yeah.
1: And so you should be in investing in those institutions um, so that it can support more jobs, um, more higher paying jobs, so they can attract more students who spend more money in the city. Um, so that so that you can attract more corporations that will bring more jobs that can retain those students and keep some of those graduates in the city so that you can maintain your tax base. You would think that that would, um, be easy math. Um, but you know, that's not how politics works all the time. So, um, (laughs) so what, whatever will happen from the state with regards to the funds, um, that, that we, that we're owed or, or any other HBCU for that matter, will wholly depend mm-hmm. on the the effectiveness of our organizing if we organize and and put pressure on them we'll get it if we don't we won't
0: mm. there it is there it is uh last question for before, before I get you out of here man um you mentioned students uh why <laughs> I mean, we know why I chose South Carolina State University. I did a podcast about it. On here, you eloquently stated why you chose South Carolina State. Um, Mm -hmm. For the high school senior right now that is making a decision, that is in between and they're making a decision and they're picking out schools to attend, why should a prospective high school student choose South Carolina State University?
1: In the words of our uh president <clears throat> Colonel Alexander Conyers, because you can get anywhere from here. You can do anything, you can accomplish anything, uh, with a degree from South Carolina State, and we have a robust alumni network um that will support you in accomplishing anything. <clears throat> and you will um accomplish you will develop into um The person that you need to be to compete in a global market, we have ample opportunities um, for you to um, to pursue and to access, whether it be internships, um, whether it be study abroad, um, whether it's other extracurricular activity. And of course. It's the home of the live homecoming in America. (laughs) <laughs> and so, and so, you want to be a part 1,000%. of that, thousand <laughs> percent.
0: You want to be thousand a part yes. of that. But yeah,
1: the one thing that I always try to impress upon kids, and and I know this question assumes that the audience we're talking to has already made their decision to to attend um, a college or or to pursue higher education. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> South Carolina State, just like any other institution, um, will serve its purpose for higher education if you understand the purpose of it. Um, And I think today, the idea of higher education is either being misconstrued or misunderstood or sometimes outright uh, misrepresented. And so there seems to be a, a movement. Of anti-intellectualism where people don't want to learn things anymore and they don't think that they need liberal arts education um and so there's this you know when you look at the cost of it and 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 you know the economic benefit you know subsequently when you graduate i I, I understand it you know it's it's college is expensive now and it's much more expensive than it should be. Um, however, um, one who is looking to attend an institution of higher education should not expect that you're going to get a, uh, you're going to get a, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, should not expect that you're going to get a vocational education. And mm-hmm. so sometimes I think people kind of put things in this context where you need to study this so you can get this kind of job and da 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 da, da and you need to learn these kinds of skills. All of that is important. You know, once you determine, you know, how how important money is to you, but the purpose of higher education is for you to develop intellectually. And there are yeah. there's a level of intellectual development that cannot be quantified with the cost of of education. <clears throat> because you go to college to learn how to learn. You go to college to mm-hmm. learn how to think. You go to college to learn how to communicate and express ideas. And you go to college to learn how to put those ideas into action. And those are things that are applicable across every single discipline. And so if that's what you're about, then South Carolina State is a great, is a great proving ground for you, it's a great finishing school that will help you develop intellectually, socially, certainly academically and get you prepared um, for uh, for life. And so, you know, you you won't find a better place to uh, to develop yourself and to get to wherever you're going than 300 College Street in Orangeburg, South Carolina.
0: There it is. There it is. I, I agree a thousand percent, man. It, it, I tell anybody, and I've said this before in the podcast and it's worth repeating, I spent the best five and a half years of my life at South That's Carolina right. State. Yeah, it took me five and a half years to graduate because I like to party too, but yeah, it, it, it. served this purpose. <laughs> and the thing that I always say about our university is that everybody on that campus is vested in you being successful in your pursuit. From right. your professors to the, the guy that cleans the garbage to the people over the dorm to the lady that works right. in the cafeteria, everybody is invested and they want to see you succeed. And they will yeah. go above and beyond to help you succeed if you try. Now, if you just if want to you you come there, you just want to.
1: They will not allow you, you to fail. Yeah. And, exactly. I, and let me say you, this. Now, that is the fair. case at South Carolina State. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I have to say that that is the case. At just about any HBCU. If you try, they will not let you fail, but you must try. And if you try Mm -hmm. hard, then they will help you ascend to heights that you never expected or never could even dream of. But you are you will find no better nurturing environment for a, a young scholar. Uh, For a young creative, uh, for a young intellectual, for a young engineer, for a young business person, uh, for a young athlete, you'll find no better environment to nurture you um, than an HBCU. In particularly, South Carolina State University. One
0: thousand percent. One thousand percent. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more uh ladies and gentlemen that has been the end of this podcast first and foremost man i gotta thank my boy steve again for coming through man i appreciate it uh, i wouldn't i couldn't have had anybody else come on here and talk about our illustrious university the way that you did uh again thanks man i appreciate it um for those of you you watching somebody. and listening for those of you watching thank you for, oh man bro anytime we we, we got to come back on here and, and get you on to maybe talk about some of those parties and some of the other shenanigans that went on. Some, some <laughs> of it cannot be. Everybody discussed. got a story. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and trust me. I know. I know. I'm married. I, some of that stuff I ain't going to discuss. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, man, again, thanks for coming through. Uh, got to say thank you to everybody who's watched on YouTube. Uh, make sure that you download, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, make sure that you remember that this podcast drops every Thursday at midnight. From time to time, we drop bonus episodes on Sundays at midnight. Uh, make sure you follow on the socials uh, at Twelve Kyle Podcast or on TikTok, uh, Twitter X, uh, Facebook, everywhere. I, Instagram uh, also. You can follow me on those as well. Um, and if you want to contribute financially, hit us up on uh, Cash App dollar sign T W E L V E. K-Y-L-E. We ain't turning down nothing but our collars over here. Uh, (laughs) So that's going to do it for us. So for my boy, Steve, I am your boy, 12Kyle. Thanks again for checking out this episode of the 12Kyle Podcast. I'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.